Hey, what up, Holmes? Midday, you know. Yeah, I'm good too, Ese. Much love to everybody listening in. I'm here with Senor Sanchez, my Guatemalan brother from the US of A. He enjoys taking long walks along Santa Monica, soaking up the sun during the day and at night, watching foreign films with no subtitles. I'm here with my Jamaican brother from South London, enigmatic Dr. Wagwan. In your spare time, I heard you've been trying to trace your ancestry. But so far, unsuccessful, eh? I have it on good information. It's because you're actually the father of all human Shit, man. Is that real? Are you actually my ancestor? Could be, bruv. I could have sighed your father who sighed you. Fuck. Welcome to the show, everyone. The higher level, where we interpret for you all the madness that has unfolded in the past week and all the weird and wonderfuls that has happened. Today, we're going to be speaking about science, our planet Earth, diamonds, fucking aliens, and all other sorts of madness. First up, Senor Sanchez is going to update us on the latest in a hunt of dark matter in this wonderful universe that we have found ourselves living in. Yes, man, it's been a crazy week. Scientists on mm-hmm. the Xenon 1T project. They detected mm-hmm. strange activity with their instruments. These mm. excess events, they could be signs of existence of powerful particles. These things called axions, mm-hmm. some of which are candidates for dark matter. Wow. See, dark, dark matter, you know, it's, it's thought to comprise 85% of the matter in the universe. But wow. very little is known about its nature. But it's, it's there. We know it's there. Man, I don't know nothing about it. Tell us some more about it. What are some of the applications of dark matter that we can find ourselves? You know, can I travel backwards, you know, in time to answer the question of whether I am actually the father of all humans? Well, man, uh, there's been conjecture that dark matter may be a a highly efficient fuel source that could power spaceships, allow them to perform unnatural maneuvers. Wow. Yeah. In general, there's two types of particles in the universe. Fermions with half integer spins and bosons with integer spins. Okay. Dark matter is a bosonic particle with no electric, color, or weak charge. That would mean it behaves as its own antiparticle. So you know what happens when you put antimatter together? No. You get a massive explosion. Everything you see around you is matter. Okay. Now, you put an electron and a proton together, they form an atom. Mm -hmm. But if you put an electron and a positron together, they don't form an atom. They form a massive explosion. 100% efficiency, baby. Oh, so is that like Einstein's atomic bomb? Even more powerful. More than than a thousand times more powerful. So has this been weaponized yet? Not on Earth, not to our knowledge. But uh, there is a lot of research into it. I won't say weaponization research, but there's a lot of research into it. Okay. There's some hypothesis that uh, dark energy has an effect on the movement of time. So this line of research, consider, for example, what happens when you throw a chicken nugget into the air. Mm -hmm. It slows down as Earth's gravity pulls it back. And you can eat the chicken nugget. Mm -hmm. But if you throw the chicken nugget fast enough, it will never come back. But it will still move more slowly as it moves further away because of Earth's gravity. Physicists expected something similar to occur after the Big Gang Bang, the first event of this universe. It spewed matter in all directions. Fuck. The collective gravity from that matter should have slowed it down, but that's not what was observed. Instead, everything seems to have accelerated away faster. Fuck. This is something mysterious. There is something very powerful pervading this universe that physically spreads space apart faster then you can spread a woman's butt cheeks and gravity can pull things back. Fuck. The effect is very small, almost a whisper, but it's there and it's been called dark energy because nobody knows much about it, but we know it's there. There's a hypothesis that dark energy could be the reason that time moves in one direction. There's a lot of research being done, actually, particularly in Area 51 on super advanced alien technology to try and understand this very phenomenon. They're trying to reverse engineer it from the aliens. They're hiding the truth, though. They're hiding the truth. Oh, wow. Area 51. That's where all them, that's when your your government is trying to hide all that alien shit, yeah? They're hiding a lot of shit in there 
we need we need to find out what's in there. We need to open the books. They're hiding a lot of powerful alien technology. For, They're uh, oh, deep, man, deep. I heard. I heard maybe before this whole pandemic, people wanted to run into Area Fifty One. They wanted to do this thing called Naruto running. Do you know how to do Naruto running, bro? Yeah, I've seen it. It seems gotta, like a lot you of gotta put your, You got to put your arms behind your back, pointing backwards, and then you put your head down forwards and you run. That way, people think you can dodge anything, man. You can dodge bullets. Anyway, I heard they tried to camp out the border and they tried to go in, but it was all unsuccessful. But most yeah. importantly, bro, could I have sired babies with an alien? And that is why I don't remember. Do you think that it would have been a good session? Well, um, to your first question, the answer is it's possible. Not only possible, I actually think it's likely. Uh, you're a good-looking guy, you know, very charming. People mm. like you. Mm. In regards to your question about it being a good session, my uncle would once say this about exotic ladies. Mm -hmm. They bring you the passion, electric, mm. very sensual, very mm. sexy, sexy mm. homes. Mm. Sexy aliens. The more they come, the more you fuck. <laughs> Did you know the original Darth Vader was played by James Earl Jones? I think I am his father. Shit, man. Is that that's gonna upset a lot of people if that's true? Why? I don't know. A lot of a lot of guys on the internet they have their uh, identity tied up with the whole Star Wars thing. You change things around, people get upset. In fairness to them, some of the new Star Wars movies are pretty shit. This is true. But I could be the father of Darth Vader. Anyways, let's talk about our planet Earth. The Arctic Circle hit 100 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday. It's the hottest temperature ever. Tell us more about that, bro. Yeah, man. This weekend, a, a small Russian town in the Arctic Circle hit a really scorching temperature. 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. It's about 38 degrees Celsius for the mm -hmm. countries that use the uh, a sane system of measurement. Mm -hmm. While the temperature has not yet been uh, verified by experts, if this temperature is verified, it will be the hottest temperature ever recorded in the Arctic Circle. And uh, a, a real sign that um, the planet is about to get fucked. Bombakla, 38 degrees Celsius. That's mighty high, bro. In the Arctic Circle. That's mighty high. Yeah. Now you know it's what that's called. high. Yeah, the polar bears are dying. No, man, that's too sad. But there's a lot of people out there. And we're going to be yeah. next, so, you know. Yeah, we're going to be next. There's a lot of people out there. They don't believe in global warming. They don't believe that climate change is happening. Man, it's sad. I've been watching a lot of those David Attenborough, you know, docu-series on Netflix, man. Fuck. It's all sad news. I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch all these shows, you know, lions in the safari, tigers in the jungle, polar bears in the Arctic. It was cool. It was all, it was all adventurous. Now, when you watch Attenborough, all his show is all about climate change. Fucking walruses jumping off the cliff, stampeding off the cliff, dying in multiple numbers. Polar bears, fucking skinny, bruv. Unable to eat a penguin. Man. It's all over it now. Fucking people depressing. gotta believe climate change is real, man. I think a lot of people do believe, but I'll give you the example of uh, my father. Mm -hmm. who uh, once remarked to me saying that, you know, the scientists told us it was going to happen in the 2040s, but it's happening now. Mm. So I think he, he understood it was going to happen. He just thought he would be dead by the time it would happen. And the selfish ass asshole that he is, he, he just figured, hey, I'm going to be dead. What does it matter? But it's happening now. And I think for a lot of senior citizens, they're like, oh, this is going to be an issue. Mm. Now it's there, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens if we make mm. it out of this one. Mm. Now let's talk about some of the, what the earth produces in jewelry that has exploded and made completely popular amongst women. Turn their legs to jelly when they're getting proposed. Let's talk about diamonds. The masters of the diamond world, the beers. They're losing control, eh? Yeah, well, uh, if you do some research into uh, the beers and the diamond industry, you'll find it's 
probably one of the most bloodstained industries um, on on Earth. For mm-hmm. decades, purchasing uncut diamonds was a, a t- tightly controlled process. First, mm-hmm. you'd have to talk to De Beers and uh, convince them to add you to their list of hand-picked buyers. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, about 10 times a year, you'd have to attend a week-long auction session and buy exactly the amount De Beers offers you at whatever price they choose. And uh, for you know a long time, people did that because there was this kind of propaganda that you have to buy diamonds for your wife or for your girlfriend. They're really mm. just pieces of carbon. Um, mm. But it was a very effective propaganda. <laughs> That's just the society we, we live in. Um, mm. So there was a high demand for diamonds. And the mm. system, you know, on the other side, uh, at the Russian rival mine, Al Rosa, uh, was pretty similar. So between De Beers and Al Rosa, they had a very tight grip on the market. Mm. Now, two, two things have really damaged the diamond market. One is the coronavirus, which is a short-term painful hit, but things could have gotten better. The other big problem is synthetic or artificial diamonds. Mm-hmm. We can actually you know, engineer artificial diamonds of a higher quality than naturally occurring diamonds. That's basically mm-hmm. going to destroy the diamond industry. And you can start to tell people that, oh, you know, uh, natural diamonds are better than artificial diamonds, but... Generally speaking, once you start to produce artificial gemstones, things lose their value. Emeralds, rubies, these are all precious stones that can be produced artificially very easily. Sapphire, another example, artificially very easily. They used to be expensive. Once they started to be produced artificially and in cheaper and cheaper uh, values, the price of the natural stones went down. The same thing is likely to happen with diamonds. Every year, the price of synthetic diamonds falls, and every year, the price of natural diamonds falls with it, despite De Beers telling people, hey, get the natural diamond, blah, 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 you know, your husband doesn't love you if, you don't, if he doesn't get you a natural diamond. No, every year, they have to match to the synthetic diamonds. Mm. And there's a huge amount of research in making diamonds cheaper and producing them more effectively because they're very useful for industry. They're beautiful to look at for some people, I guess. They look like sparkly pieces of glass to a normal person. But from an industrial perspective, they're very, very important. They have a high Mm. thermal uh, conductivity. They're very hard. They've got a lot of uh, properties that make them good for uh, industrial technology. Mm. So uh, They penetrate well. Yeah, pretty much. In a sense, sense, there's a lot of money riding on making diamonds uh, Mm. artificially, cheaply. And mm. using diamonds as jewelry, it's just not going to continue for uh, much, much longer. The De Beers family, to my knowledge, is actually in the process of selling or has already sold most of their stake in, in the uh, corporation. They made a good, good amount of profit off the stupidity of people. But, you know, it's mm. like the old saying, a fool and their money are easily separated. Mm. But anyway, it's uh, the industry struggling. And mm. The idea of a diamond industry as a jewelry industry rather than industrial industry. That that's uh, definitely coming to an end now. Mm, mm. The beers, you know, it was very interesting in how they get made popular the diamond at that time. You know, they had other jewelry taking precedent, and then they went and spoke to an advertising firm about how they can get diamond marketed to be, you know, a more popular product. And then that advertising firm. They came up with that motto, you know, what's that sales pitch? Diamonds are forever, or diamonds are a girl's best friend. And then that's really when everything kind of exploded, you know, diamond G's up in the air, exploded, dollar signs everywhere, you know. But lately now, especially in the UK, you can tell amongst the youth, diamonds, they're still popular. However, sapphires, starting to come back you know women they prefer like a sapphire center ring with maybe small amounts of diamonds around it they're looking to be a bit more sophisticated so to speak but diamonds have you as have you been saying is more practical in the industrial area rather than retail it'll be interesting to see how jewelry you know, continues to sell in the future. Yeah, I think uh, artificially created diamonds are probably a, a good thing for humanity because um, if you look into the industry and the uh, you just have to Google the term blood diamond or conflict diamond. Oh. And uh, 
if you want many wanna, brothers if you want to lose many faith. brothers who out there who shed blood for that yeah so it's a pretty pretty fucked up industry and if we can create these things in a lab without causing human suffering or mm. um, uh, that that would probably be a mm. preferable alternative mm. i don't know if blood diamonds is still a big thing out in the africas i think now there is a lot of problem around cobalt and other kinds of mining materials that goes into our smartphones our laptops you know these these electrical technology that we are pumping out every day now but i think that's a topic for another day here's one more economic problem the government's response to the virus has unleashed zombie firms tell us more about zombie firms well there's been a concerning rise in the number of u.s companies that can't make a a profit a large enough profit to cover their debt payments people are asking are this you know is this situation going to end up like japan are we going to get oh. the japanese syndrome nearly one in five every public of every publicly traded corporation on the u.s exchanges mm -hmm is according to deutsche bank mm. uh, a zombie firm that mm. figure has doubled since 2013 and is up dramatically from the 1990s when there are almost no half-dead companies uh, staggering across the landscape keeping financial ailing corporations alive however it beats the alternative of you know soaring bankruptcies and joblessness everywhere so these zombie companies, they will die a natural death eventually once the re economy recovers. And uh, once the economy recovers, borrowing costs may rise. They may rise and workers' wages will climb a little bit higher. The biggest, I think, um, issue with zombie firms, and this is not, I should say, happening in the US, but zombie firms starve productive firms for capital. In the case of Japan, a lot of these huge um, zombie firms massive conglomerates they sucked up all of the bank lending and they starved the smaller better quality firms of resources however in the us that's not really happening there's plenty of uh capital that's going around to smaller firms mm -hmm. if anything the capital going around to productive firms is actually much higher than the capital going around to um, the zombie firms zombie firms are really just i guess a byproduct of our economic system which is a mm -hmm. uh, very low inflation system and a very high senior citizen, uh, very senior heavy population. Right. So um, the more old people you get, the, the lower the inflation rate becomes and the worse the economy becomes. And corporations start to behave like, uh, you know, the population at large. The more old people you get, the more they start behaving like old people. And old people kind of look like zombies anyway. They're almost <laughs> to the end. So. <laughs> So uh, hey, in, in a nutshell, that's much you, like me. Nah, you're, like, you're, you're pretty limber. You're, you're, you still I got can. energy. Uh, my, my, my middle leg is very limber. Your mind is very limber. Mm. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the problem child of this planet, North Korea. North Korea, in this whole pandemic, has insisted it has been unaffected by COVID-19, which has left experts skeptical as South Korea has more than 12,000 cases and already nearly 300 dead. But still, North Korea are saying they've had no cases. Now, this is interesting because we kind of been hearing that Kim Jong-un, North Korea's supreme leader, is unwell. You know, he's quite large. He's quite fat. Right. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a he's a big chubby boy. Almost like a teddy bear, but not as friendly. And with a funny haircut. He's got, he's got <laughs> yeah, a funny haircut, huh? It's a pretty big. funny haircut. Yeah, he's his haircut is trying to make him look a bit taller. And he wears like shoes with a bit of platform in them. Almost like a drag queen. But he's their supreme leader. He hasn't been cited for a long time few months back, some said that he had uh, an issue when they gave him a surgery on his art, you know, maybe like clogged arteries or something like that. And then he disappeared for a while. All over the Western media, they say, hey, maybe he's dead. And then they came out with their own propaganda 
showing him visiting or doing some kind of a tour of some power plant or something like that. I think he was visiting a fertilizer factory. Hmm, something like that. A fertilizer factory. Maybe he's looking to, you know, you know, he wants to make that nuclear bomb. Maybe he just goes backwards and makes some, you know, smaller dirty bombs. Motherfucker. Anyway, he um he's come out and he say, yeah, everything's good. They even put some virgins. Man, like I don't know how many virgins, something like 20 or 40 virgins on a train, send them up and they say, hey, they're sending, we're sending up these virgins to party with our supreme leader. He's okay. You know, he's healthy. He's, he's cocky, strong. They even did that. Who knows? Who knows what's happened to him? He lives a very lavish lifestyle. You know, he feasts on caviar. Caviar that comes from a large fish called the sturgeon, which unfortunately now is becoming extinct. It's an endangered species, you know. And this guy is eating it all the time. He gets it from his mates out in Russia, maybe from Putin. He calls Putin, hey, Putin, I need another 300 keys of caviar. And Putin goes, no problem, bruv. I'll send them over. Anyway, so he eats that. He drinks cognac. He, my, I don't know, maybe he, he eats fistfuls of bacon as well. Meanwhile, while his whole country is all starving, people are, you know, trying to grow vegetables using their own human feces as fertilizer, which doesn't work and instead creates worms, parasites, that when they eat these vegetables, their stomachs become big and bloated with worms all inside it, riddled poor people up there in the North Korea. So in his absence, Kim Yo-jong, which is Kim Jong-un's sister, I mean, she has been by his side his whole time. She's been one of the key advisors. But no, she's really stepped up. Maybe it's because in his absence, she's trying to show that the family is too strong. She stepped out. She threatened South Korea. Because, you know, people in South Korea, there are a lot of charities. There are a lot of anti-North um, lobbyists trying to, you know, shut down that communist government and reunite families. Because there's still a lot of families that have been separated in this North and South issue. There was a group of anti-North um, party that sent leaflets, propaganda leaflets in balloons across the border. And then these balloons will just drop these leaflets and let everybody know that, you know, Kim Jong-un, your supreme leader, isn't what he says he is. He's not nice, you know. And even part of these balloons, there's some cash. They're giving them, giving them some US dollars. Now, I don't know how effective that is, whether the, the civilians of North Korea can even cash in on the greenback. Oh, absolutely. There's an oh, underground can? economy. Yeah, yeah, there is. Black oh. market economy. I guess there's a black market everywhere in the world. The greenback is very, very important everywhere. Mm. Mm. So Kim Yo-jong, she said that this group, they're human scum and they are mongrel dogs. She said that. Charming. Yeah, I know. You know what, what do you expect from a woman like that anyway? That woman, I don't think she gives blowjobs, man. I think she would just bite your cock straight off. She looks nasty. Um, and uh, you think you well, I mean, won't she, do her? She's killed. How, we don't even know how many people she's had killed, whether personally oh, or uh, delegated. She oh, looks no. like a pretty sick fuck. Um, she's from the you know Kim family. I'm pro, I'm sure mm. she's killed a lot of people, uh, abused mm. a lot a lot of prisoners. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's uh, she's committed crimes against humanity. She's a powerful figure over there. So she warned of action in reprisal of these events. Apparently, she threatened to destroy the Inter-Korean Liaison Office, which was set up in 2018 to facilitate communication between the North and the South. And guess what? A few days later, or a week later, I don't remember no more, she destroyed it. That building got bombed. It blew up, bruv. In, but it's in North Korea, right? It's not in it's South in Korea. It's in North Korea. It's in North Korea. No. If so. she attacked South Korea, 
man, I think it will be utter mayhem. It will be complete war right now. That, that was smart, bombing a building on your own soil. <laughs> I was very intelligent. <laughs> it's a bit like a small child getting upset and throwing their toys on the ground and then <laughs> smashing their toys. And then mm. the, the child usually cries afterwards. But like, what do you want me mm. to do for you, buddy? You, you broke your toys. But that's a child, not a head mm. of state. Mm. Mm. So she's blown that up. And then I think it's gone a little bit quiet. Other than South Korea has reported that they have seen the North setting up massive speakers along the border. In the past, they did this. They set up these massive speakers and they just blew propaganda music, propaganda, I don't know, um, shit across the border. And then in retaliation, South Korea set up their own speakers to play K-pop back to North. So both sides now are setting up these speakers. And then the next week or two, we're probably going to see some childish back and forth propaganda, you know, going across their borders. Yeah, it, it seems to be the pattern that continues. But um, I think long term, North Korea has a, a bright future um, as a buffer state between uh, China and South Korea. China doesn't want North Korea to fall to South Korea. Mm -hmm. They don't want a strong unified Korea on the peninsula. Mm -hmm. Like all great powers, they want weak neighbors and mm. a unified career, which be much more uh, powerful and more difficult to control. You want weak neighbors, not strong neighbors. Mm. So uh, I think the Chinese government would go to great lengths to maintain the North Korean state. I'm not sure whether the King, Kim family will last. It may come to pass that, you know, the Chinese tell the North Korean army, like, guys, we want to do business with you instead of, you know, the Kim family. And mm. the Kim family might be liquidated. You know, we might wake up one morning and they all get liquidated. Um, it mm. could happen. Um, you know, mm. we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to see. But I think North Korea has a bright future ahead. Mm. Well, the Chinese Communist Party, they didn't support Kim Jong-un. They supported his brother, that Kim Jong-un you know, assassinated in, um, where was that? Singapore or Malaysia, Malaysia I think. Malaysia. Malaysian airport? Yeah, yeah. Malaysia. Mm. See, they actually helped him because the Chinese Communist Party, they thought he was easier for them to control. So they tried to help him succeed. But Kim Jong-un, my God, he played that Game of Thrones situation much better and he took power. And so the CCP, that's how they helped him, the brother, get out of North Korea. Because otherwise, how do you think someone like that can get out of North Korea and have a life, a playboy life out in Malaysia, you know, traveling from Malaysia to Singapore to Hong Kong? You know, he had help. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But mm. uh, North Korea only exists because of China. That's right. From from the beginning, really. Um, That's right. A lot of people forget, but the larger amount of soldiers was not North Korean that died in the Korean War. No. The, the most soldiers that died were on the Chinese side because they mm. wanted to maintain their buffer state. General That's MacArthur right. wanted to drop a nuclear bomb on China. And I think that President Truman told him to fuck off and then terminated his employment. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, North, North Korea has always existed as a, a vassal of... Mm. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Mm. <clears throat> Just in this last week, they celebrated their 70th year, the 70th anniversary of the Korean War. To this day, nobody knows the actual number of soldiers that died. The estimates at the moment, well, from the modern world, are maybe 3 million. They do know that the CCP sent 1 million soldiers for those efforts and then ccp have never revealed how many of those soldiers actually died they will never talk about it but north korea for the ccp are their little communist brother they will always look after them same with russia russia will always be our ally those three you know they want to look after each other i think but russia and uh, russia, russia and north korea are definitely good friends because they're both diminished powers. But I think Russia and North Korea probably view China as a, a concerning 
nation that's getting too powerful. They're they're starting to get nervous. They're um, naturally you don't want a powerful neighbor. Um, mm-hmm. And even though China hasn't really done anything untoward to Russia or uh, North Korea, mm-hmm. uh, it could it's get it's rapidly developing the capability. So uh, I think the friendship is probably not going to last too much longer. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Certainly on the Russian side, I think. Um, on the North Korean side, I don't think China really wants to invade or annex North Korea. But uh, Russia has a lot of good territory, a lot of good land, mineral resources, uh, some of which they actually took from China. China doesn't make noise about this because the Russians are ready to go to war at the drop, drop of a hat. But at some point in the future, China might, you know, if, for example, it won its struggle against the USA, probably by the next day, they'd take out Russia, which is its next greatest threat. The Russians understand this. They know that if America falls, they'll be next, and they don't have any strength to take on China now or or into the future. Mm. Um, so I think that the Russians are starting to realign uh, with with U.S. The U.S. is almost a perfect ally because it's so powerful and it's so far away. You can invite mm. it when you need it, and you can kick it out when you don't want it. <laughs> you can't do that with China. You can't be an ally with China when they're next door to you because once you invite them in, you ain't sure as hell going to kick them out. Mm. And even if you don't invite them in, they might come anyway. Mm. So uh, the U.S. has been able to build allies because it's so far away from everyone. Mm. Not a good situation if you're a neighbor of the U.S. You can ask you know, Latin America, see what happens. That's, what, that's the fate of small countries who live next door to a great power. Mm. All of those coups that were organized by the CIA, you know, all of the interference, all of that, you know, propping up of fascist dictatorships. Mm. That's what happens when you live next door to a great power. Mm. Good point, bro. Over in Glasgow this week, unfortunately, there was more stubbings, man. Man, the stubbings is just rife in the UK. So in Glasgow, around, I guess it was in a hotel, a madman was running through with a knife, just stubbing people. Eventually, the police came around. They cordoned off all the areas, told people to stay back, and they went in and they shot the guy dead. Shit. Yeah. Why do the stabbings keep happening in the UK? Because we don't have guns, bro. We don't carry guns. So the next thing people do is grab a fucking knife. When they don't have a knife, they grab a bat. When they don't have a bat... Then, you know, we can go to the old-fashioned fisticuffs. But right now, it's all about stabbings. It's all about knife fighting. Sad, man. Every week now, it seems to be a stabbing. The stabbing that occurred two weeks ago out in readings, that one now, they're saying that was terrorist-related. It was a Middle Eastern 25-year-old man that, you know, had an extremist background. And Fuck. so they said that one is terrorist related. But this Glasgow one, they're saying it's not terrorist related. It's just a madman run around in a hotel. My, I, I need to add that this hotel wasn't the normal one. This hotel was one for quarantine. The COVID-19 uh, travelers who came across the border would have Shit. to be quarantined. It was one of those hotels. And... The Glasgow man, he must have been upset with that. And he had maybe his own crazy political view. So he just ran in and started stabbing people. Luckily, that that has been shut down now. Also, over in London in the past week, a man named John T. Bravery. Now, he's, he's more of a, he's 18 years old. He's still a youth, but he's being charged as an adult now. I guess he is as of adult age. He's been charged for throwing a six-year-old boy off a balcony at the London's Tate Modern, which is an art gallery we have here. What the fuck did he do that for? He's a crazy man. He's had some issues. He's got all sorts of mental health issues. And he's actually stated to his counsellors about a year ago that he planned and he wanted and he had this urge to kill a child or to kill multiple children and he already described to his counselor how he was going to do it 
he knew he wanted to pick a popular destination that was that had many stories and he wanted to throw somebody off now i guess every day these counselors and these experts they're going to be hearing a lot of these kind of stories but they they can't tell whether it's real or not anyway this jaunty bravery unfortunately he committed an act on this six-year-old youth from a young family that was just there you know having a day out enjoying their time together family time together he'd been watching him cctv footage had been showing him wandering around the balconies leaning over trying to target young youths and he picked this little boy and he threw him off the balcony i don't know how many stories the kid didn't die but he's completely fucked he this boy is now he doesn't talk his his family says he doesn't talk he goes for hours or days without talking to them he's still you know he can't move independently he's uh he's a very upset and his life is completely ruined all his future is completely ruined so they pick this guy up and they're charging him i guess that's going to be an easy case to close but it's pretty sad the question i would ask is this didn't come out of nowhere right he was actually telling them threatening that's that he right. was going to do this he had this planned out and he told people about this he told he, his counselors he, he had told the urge. yeah yeah man yeah, the system. Uh, th- look, the the system is fucked. If somebody tells their counselors, "I'm gonna murder somebody," mm. and the counselor just like, "Yeah, let's talk about it." Okay, I mean, what the fuck kind of system is that? It's sad, man. What's wrong? What's going on in your country? Oh well, I I can't really talk. Sorry, we got okay. school. <laughs> We're probably due for another horrible school shooting. These things seem to happen every two or three months now. It's just madness everywhere in the world, man complete madness over in mexico city as well now this one is next level you know how shit goes down in the mexico city man against the police officers the army and the drug cartels there was an attempted assassination on the police chief of mexico city they didn't get him but they got a couple of the soldier uh officers so With what this... happened this was this was yeah. crazy man they ambushed them military style you know they waited for them maybe 20 30 men with high powered rifles automatic rifles just blah 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 blast the bullets everywhere man fucking mayhem like they tried to face. kill him they didn't get him though apparently it was this new generation cartel so this alisco new generation cartel they have yeah, come out Cart cartel de Jalisco Nueva Generacion. Mm, they're the new shit, bruv. They're the new bad boys on the block. Forget Sinaloa cartel. Those are El Chapo days. They're backwards, man. This new group. They're fucking bad. They're led by this guy who is a former police officer himself. But then he obviously, you know, he's not earning good money. He's rounding up all these people. And then instead, one day he decides to himself, fuck it, I can do this shit myself. So his organization, his cartel is organized like a paramilitary, much more organized than all they care about. They don't care about just the money. They're there to cause violence. They're bad news, man. They've been the source or the problem of lots of murders, lots of killings of police officers in mexico city and all around it they just ambush there was one incident way back the army tried to go to war with them tried to round them up they their men because you know cartels they operate with good sources of they have a very strong information system Mm. they found out that the army was coming for them so they decided to take the whole city hostage the whole city man they set up men everywhere. They threatened all the civilians and they said, if the army doesn't back off, they're going to start fucking beheading everybody. They're going to start shooting everybody. So in the end, the government didn't go in. The government backed off. That's the level of control that these bad boys have. So 
they're the ones that tried to assassinate the police chief this week unsuccessful who knows what's going to happen next week whether with their going to escalate or not it's going to escalate uh, this is going to escalate the mexicans are going to call uncle sam and uncle sam's going to give them more intelligence and they're going to go around this is going to escalate um usa is already starting to legalize drugs because the best way to put these cartels out of business mm. is not to kill their members it's mm-hmm. to just make them unemployed mm-hmm. to you know what the corporations kill more people than anybody you you want to mm-hmm. destroy these cartels you convert them to corporations in the usa mm. and that bureaucracy can start selling uh i guess low-level drugs like marijuana or something mm. and then that would probably decrease the the drug cartel behavior but mexico really needs to do something about it it's a fine I guess, line i guess they're trying they're trying but um it's a it fine is, line it is reducing right mm. because you know the government doesn't want to legalize these businesses so they're kind of treading that fine line they we all know that if you legalize drugs you may remove the crime. You create a new source of revenue for the government to tax. You know, you give it to all those major pharmaceutical companies to take over. You get good quality product. You get regulated industry. But at the same time, you're legalizing the cartel's business. So well, it's I a wouldn't fine say line. you're legalizing the cartel's. Uh, you can, you know, these drugs and prostitution mm. and alcohol and gambling, they will always happen. Mm. A good chunk of the population wants to do drugs. They want to gamble. They want to go to prostitutes. This is just humans. They want to do this. I don't know why they would do that, but unfortunately, there's a lot of vices that humans have. Well, this is, we're, we're primitive people in the end. But if you don't mm-hmm. legalize it, then you get underground. That system, that industry goes underground. If you legalize it, then you don't get pimps, you don't get drug lords, you don't mm-hmm. get gambling dens, you get mm-hmm. casinos, you get legalized prostitution, sex workers, mm-hmm. you get uh, marijuana dispensaries. And some I people agree. find that dist- distasteful. Some people find prostitution, uh, legalized pros- prostitution distasteful. But mm-hmm. I, that's not the question. The question I would ask, d- would you rather have pimps beating the shit out of sex workers? murdering mm-hmm. sex workers or would you mm-hmm. rather have a regulated industry would you rather have marijuana dispensaries operated under the law or would you rather have drug lords would you rather have casinos or gambling dens it's not a mm-hmm. question of we we criminalize prostitution we criminalize drugs that drugs will go away and prostitution will go away mm-hmm. people don't understand that though because they're fucking morons i agree with you bro i agree but you know it's a fine line that governments have to play at the end of the day, the government, that party, they want to be re-elected. So, you know, then, you know, the most most people that in, vote, majority of people, unfortunately, are not the brightest. They try, but, you know, mm. it's like a little kid taking a piss and can't reach a toilet seat. They try, but, you know, they mostly <laughs> piss on the floor. <laughs> no, but they try. Their heart is in the right place. I want to talk about my brother. Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou, his nickname is the Predator. He's a big boy in the UFC. He's a heavyweight fighter. He's a very nice guy, man, for his size. He looks like an animal and a complete beast of a man. Do you know about Francis Ngannou, Sanchez? I've heard of him, actually. I've seen a few of his photos. Yeah, he's an up-and-comer, isn't he? Yes, he is. He is. He had a shot at the heavyweight title he wasn't ready but he's known for his boxing he's known for his his big arms with his lunchbox sized fist swinging around and knocking people out if he touches them he takes people's head off that's the power that this guy has in the past week he's come out and he says you know i want to go back to where i got this power from he thinks he got the power when he was working in the sand mines. So he's been saying he likes to, whenever he goes back to his village in Cameroon, he likes to go visit the sand mines when, as a child, he was forced to mine sand. I guess this sand was used in construction, 
you know, it's used everywhere. It's it's a key component of concrete. Concrete, yeah. Yeah, you know, mix it with cement. Mm-hmm. Man, a lot of these African brothers, these countries are rich in resources, but unfortunately, it doesn't go spread. It doesn't spread to the population. It's a it's a continual pattern in history. It's called the resource curse. Mm. Countries mm. that are gifted and wealthy with natural resources, mm. they don't and, develop technology. Mm-hmm. And that's another problem else our planet is facing. Sand is probably one of the most used resources right now, more than water. You know, sand is in everything that we do. Like you said, it's a key component of concrete. So it's a it's a dilemma that modern countries have, you know, increase any any growth in property, any growth in infrastructure requires this most basic resource sand. And sand can't be taken from a desert. So we can't just go to the Sahara and then soak up all that sand. This sand that's used in concrete has to be from well the north. Not has to be, but the best sources are from riverbeds. The sand out in the deserts, they're too, the granules on the surfaces are too smooth. So it, right. doesn't, it doesn't bind properly. And taking it from the riverbeds has destroyed ecosystems in that area. There are some corporations with their research and development side trying to find a way to create syn- synthetic sand but that has yet to be achieved. But anyways, back to MMA. That's what I really want to talk about. Or back to combat sports. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike, he's been making the news in the past few weeks because he's been talking about doing an exhibition match. He wants, he's been training. In UFC? In boxing. No, not UFC, bro. He wants to do charity matches for boxing. I'm going to watch that. Oh, everybody is excited. This is Mike Tyson, man. You know, he's about 52, 53 years old, but he's still a beast. Tyson was a killer, but he took too much drugs and he chased too many women. That's why his strength became shit. Like he, was a, he was a fucking killer. Samson from the Bible. But yes, you are correct. He was an 18-year-old at that time. You can't blame him. He was an 18-year-old from the ghetto. Youngest, most fiercest heavyweight champion at that time man he was a full-time fighter and then in his downtime of course he was porting up so he says he's been wanting to come back every kind of promotion all over the globe from every fucking corner has been coming out to say hey we want to do a deal with iron mike we will pay so and so amount of dollars he's this is not a real boxing match so to speak it's not it's not like a 12 round or even a 10 round fight. This is scripted. No, it's not scripted, but it's going to be a, a free round, a three round fight. Three. Okay. Because mm. that's, that's what he wants to do. It's a charity. Uh, it's for charity reasons. That's all he does now. But at the same time, you know, I am Mike. He wants to get back in because he's got that itch. He said himself out on his podcasts, he said, He's no longer that guy that he used to be. Sometimes he looks back at that guy and, and thinks to himself, how could I have been like that? But at the same time, he says he does miss that guy because without that guy, he says he sometimes feels like a bitch. So I guess he wants to do it to see, to, to fuel his ego, to see whether he still got it. See if he's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to know if he's still alive. Yeah. Pause. I had a mind blank. I forgot the the trainer that he... It's King's MMA head coach. Hold on a sec. Yeah. Rafael Cordero. Okay. Unpause. He's been training with the head coach of King's MMA, Rafael Cordero. Rafael Cordero is one of the best trainers, in my opinion, in MMA. He's not as well-known as some of the Caucasian head coaches like Greg Jackson or Winkle John. He's not as popular as them, but all the Brazilians, all the top fighters down south, 
they go to this guy. Any brother of color goes to this guy. He's been training with Codero for the past few months. He's been showing snippets of his training out in his social media. My God, bruv, he looks like a beast. He looks ready. He's ripped and ready. He's fast. He hasn't lost anything. He's just got a bit of gray on his head, a bit of gray on his beard. But he's, my gosh, he's scary. Scary, man. So, this is going to be some fucking match. Oh, man, you know he's going to fucking bring it. The first 30 seconds, he's going to fucking bring it. Don't blink. Don't if blink, Ty- bro. If Tyson stops the drugs, he, he will go back to what he does best, <laughs> destroying people. So Tyson Fury this week, you know, he's come out and he said, Max Camp has reached out to him and said they want to do an exhibition match and they asked for 500 million greenbacks. And then Tyson Fury is shitting on that camp by saying they were completely unfair and, you know, it didn't leave Fury with anything. We don't know whether this is true. It's just made the media only because of Tyson Fury's own popularity. Yeah, but whether, whether it's any... Yeah, whether this there's trash any talk. evidence, is we, we don't know. They always trash talk. Mm. They don't mm. shut up about the trash talking. Mm. It's part of part of the part of the uh, getting people excited, isn't it? It's staying popular. You know, you just say some dumb shit out on your social media, just like that fool Connor McChicken Nuggets. He just says some dumb shit every now and then, like just look, to stay relevant. Yeah. yeah, look, guys, I'm still here. And, you know, they have many followers. Punching so back for hire. <laughs> That's right. I can be there in a jiffy. That's right. Yeah. Also out, this is not exactly combat sports. But, you know, it's, it's still combat entertainment. In the world of WWE, my brother, Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a big boy, bro. He's huge. He's a monster. He's come out in the media because... You know, he was he was also talking about um, the speaking out movement in sexual assaults. You know, the voices of males in this movement are quite rare. It's mainly about the females that have come out to talk about, you know, sexual inappropriateness that has happened to them. But he comes out and he has a story, man. So, you know, this is a big guy. But he said he got drugged and raped by a woman in his past. And uh, I'm, I'm guessing that was met with howls of laughter and derision? Or was that met with a serious look at our society? It was the first one, wasn't it? Yeah, most probably, right? Yeah. Because men, men's voices in this movement are kind of shut out. Well, They're not really funny for most people, right? Exactly. Like a, especially a joke on, on TV. Fighting. Hmm. Especially, you know, you know, people go to prison and uh, other people make jokes about prisoners getting raped. Like, it's so funny, right? Institutionalized hmm. rape. That's people think hmm. it's funny, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. You know, we're in a world of equality. So cases from these men need to be heard and not to be taken lightly either. Let me read out to you some of the stuff that he described it was. He says he was in Dallas for an event, maybe just to visit family where afterwards he went to an old bar he likes to visit. He says he was unfamiliar with his atmosphere, but he liked the vibe and he wanted to chill out there. So after listening to some music, a young lady came and sat with him. He said he was alone, so you know, you don't mind a young lady come sitting with you. If it was you and me, we wouldn't mind it either. Definitely not. Hmm. So after a while of some pleasantries, you know, he said to her, hey, look, I'm a taken man. I ain't available to sink the pink tonight. The woman, you know, she said, she said, cool. But through the course of the night, she kept pushing it. She kept letting him know that she was into him. So long story short, you know, he woke up naked in a hotel room, completely confused. And obviously he figured that, you know, shit must have happened to him. The whole point is, you know, we can't ignore stuff like this. We don't know what actually happened. And he's not trying to find this woman. He's just speaking his story out, supporting the speaking out movement, you know. And 
as for us, we got we got to say that this stuff, you know, it has to be taken seriously too. Yeah, I'd agree. People deserve a voice. Hmm. Hey, so some funny business, huh? Kanye West has come out with new shoes. You seen them new Yeezys? I seen them. I seen them fucking shoes. Man, what what's your opinion of his shoes? Hey, man, they they look pretty slick. Um, Kanye is kind of a loser, but they look slick. <laughs> you think you they're think? gonna be popular? Uh, they're pretty slick shoes, but I think most people think Kanye is kind of an idiot. So uh, I'm not sure whether his name will help or hurt the sales. I've seen better. I've seen a lot better. Mm. They kind I'm of sure, look like they look yeah. like Crocs. Yeah, they're pretty funny looking. Do you reckon he makes his wife Kim Kardashian wear them? Like she'd be butt naked in bed, but just wearing Kanye sneakers, and then he'd be like, "What's my name, baby? What's my?" And she'd... I can I see that. So. I could I see that. So. Why not? I would do that too. Yeah, but would you would pick better speakers. You would pick better sneakers on your woman, right? Yeah, well, you know, if I design my own shoe line, I would design a better shoe. If I'm going to have sex with sneakers on, it's got to be like, you know, them super flies, some really mm-hmm. cool, really sick shit. I'd wear that. Mm. This is very yeah. interesting, though. I think my opinion of these shoes, you know, from a business standpoint, this is smart, bro. Look at it. It's minimal amount of material. Minimal. I mean, how much is he selling these these bad boys for? What are they I going for? I don't know. Probably in the hundreds. Yeah, and how much would they cost? They look like some, you know, twenty-five bit of bucks rubber. It's in molded a, in a sweatshop. Yeah, molded rubber off some gum tree out in Thailand or Vietnam. Yeah, they're basically twenty-five crocs, bucks man. or less. Twenty-five bucks or less. I'm, I'm guessing mm. probably less. They're yeah. streamlined, aerodynamic crocs. That's what they are. Probably made with child labor. Mm, unfortunately, but yeah, very. very very smart from a business standpoint. Yeah, he's know, pimping man. his shit, right? He's pimping his crappy wares. Look, man, if they're, if they're comfortable and they, you know, they're secure fitting, yeah, why not? When are you going to design some sneakers? I want to wear your shit. Man, what shall we call our sneakers? I don't know what should, we should call our sneakers, man. So, you've Kanye's got the name perfect. Yeezys. You've got them. Doc Wagwans. Oh, man. Doc Weezy's. Why don't we call it that? Doc Weezy's. Doc Weezy's. And, and then what would be the style of them? We're going to do walking sneakers or running sneakers. Now we're going to do walking sneakers. A little bit mm. of a high cut. Flashy. Mm. Super flashy. I like that. I like that high top retro style, man. Red and black. Strong colors, bro. Yeah. Red and black. Perfect. Mm. Eye catching. You can wear them with a suit, like a really tight fitting fitting suit. Mm-hmm. It match. Mm-hmm. You make a statement. Mm-hmm. I'm business, but I also got style. Mm. I like this. Tell any corporate of you, pricks. Any of you designers out there listening in, hit us up. We'd love to do business and create a new line of sneakers. Duck wheezies, bro. I'm in. So that's all we mostly have for this week. Let's round it up with Senor Sanchez's philosophy, where he's going to talk about his nudeness, Lao Tzu. People's poverty is caused by parasitic exploitation by the man, by the superior. Hence, there is poverty. People's complicatedness is caused by the ambitions of their superiors, of their masters, of their owners, of the man, the government, the corporations. Hence, there are complications. People's willingness to sacrifice is because of the weight given to life, hence there are sacrifices. Only those who are not ambitious for achievements in life are truly capable of appreciating life. The dude abides. The dude abides. Some deep stuff there. Deep stuff for everybody to marinate. Yo, you righteous people out there, keep safe, keep doing what you're doing, and join us next time to digest all the mayhem and all the madness again. Chillen war. Much love to you all. Bella ciao, brother Sanchez. Adios, doctor. Bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, ciao, ciao. Una mattina mi son svegliato. Ho trovato l'invaso. 
oh partigiano, portami via, oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 partigiano, portami via, che mi sento di morire, e se muoio da partigiano, Oh, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 e se muoio da partigiano, tu mi devi seppellire. Mi seppellirai da sul montagna, oh, bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 mi seppellirai da sul montagna, sotto l'ombra di un bel fiore, sotto l'ombra. Il partigiano che è morto per la libertà